0: This is Dive In, a podcast about equity, diversity, and inclusion in special education research. I'm your host, Federico Vaitoller, Associate Professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago, and board member of the Division of Research of the Council of Exceptional Children. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Dive In, a monthly podcast sponsored by the Division of Research of the Council of Exceptional Children. In this podcast, we will discuss a wide range of issues related to diversity, equity and inclusion in special education research. We will delve into issues such as the disproportionate representation of minority students in special education, how to expand a diverse special education teaching force, how to center equity in research design, how to do research with rather than underserved communities, and many, many other topics that focus on expanding and improving special education research so they can act as a catalyst for racial, gender, class, and of course, disability justice in education. To launch our podcast, we delve into a recent report that has the potential to shape the future funding for special education research. In 2022, the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine convene an ad hoc committee to inform the Institute of Educational Sciences, the National Center for Education Research, and the National Center for Special Education Research on the following items. Critical problems or issues on which new research is needed. How best to organize the request for applications issued by the research centers to reflect these problem issues. New methods or approaches for conducting research that should be encouraged and new and different types of research training investments that will benefit IES. To discuss this report and its implication for special education research that centers educational equity, we have a stellar guest, someone who has centered equity not just on his research, but also in his mentoring, teaching, and service. In our first episodes, we talked to, well, let's let him introduce himself.
1: My name is Alfredo Artiles. I'm a professor of education at the Stanford
0: Graduate School of Education. So, yes, we have the privilege and the pleasure to talk to Alfredo Artiles in our first episode of our podcast series. Here's the interview. Enjoy it. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what... Uh, compel the National Academy of Science to produce this report?
1: Thank you, Federico, for the question. I wanted to make sure that I uh, specify that uh, I'm speaking today in an individual capacity. I'm not representing the Committee of the National Academies of Sciences, so I just want to make sure that I say that. Um, So my understanding is that the uh, Institute of Educational Sciences, uh, as it approached the 20th anniversary, Uh, of this founding wanted to take stock of the first 20 years of work. And so they commissioned three reports from the National Academy of Sciences, uh, one of which is this one, on the future of educational research. So it came about as a result of IES uh, intending to understand the work that has been done and begin to craft a vision informed by a consensus panel Uh, about the future of the agenda. There are two other reports that I'm not familiar with, but I believe one was on NAEP, if I'm correct. Uh, And the second one, the third one, is on uh, NCES, Educational Statistics.
0: Um, Can you tell us briefly what are for you the main important messages that we should take from this report?
1: Uh, I think there are many... Uh, critical ideas in this report, and I encourage all of our colleagues, future researchers, and people involved in educational research to uh, read carefully the report. In my mind, I see at least 4 key e-messages coming from the report. The first one is uh, the centering of equity in the understanding of what is educational research. And just from the beginning with the title, uh, by stipulating that equity is at the heart of educational research, is a significant um, message that is reminding all of us that we live in an unequal world. That attention to equity cannot be an afterthought in the moment of data analysis, but it should be in the, throughout the whole process, from question posting to uh, the decision of how to design studies and so forth. So, to me. That is huge. Uh, It should be permeating, uh, as the report is stipulating, all topics, all studies, including the training programs that the center, that the institute is advancing to prepare future researchers, as well as training in methods. So, one is equity. The second one is to broaden the understanding of what counts as um, substantial, useful methodological approaches. As we know, there has been a skewed approach to the privileging of methods in a lot of the grant competitions in IES over the years. Uh, there was hardly any attention to uh, certain approaches, particularly qualitative approaches. Single subject was not uh, as uh, incorporated at the beginning. and eventually changed, I believe. But I think that broadening and dispelling the idea that science is methods, that we should be resorting to use a wide set of methodological approaches is something that is critical, is a second message. The the third one is the acknowledgement that complexity through the attention to contextual dimensions of educational problems uh, is critical. And the report is very much into this. Uh, it's It's calling for attention to, for example, heterogeneity, and the contingencies of context in shaping variation in findings. Uh, it's uh, very much concerned with the idea that um, you have to uh, account for how not only the knowledge that is produced, but how practitioners, policymakers use this research knowledge by calling attention to the need to understand implementation and knowledge mobilization. So it's not enough to, to produce high-quality research, but also study how people use it. Hmm. That's legitimizing the need to understand the use of research, which, as we know, is gaining a lot of attention around the the field, not only in the federal government, but also in the philanthropic world. So complexity and context is the third key message. And the last one that I think is very important to me is this uh, dimension of responsiveness. The fact that the IES should be identifying topics of research and areas of priority. Uh, in a way that is consistently informed by stakeholders in the field. So the report is calling for building a systematic approach to consult through multiple ways. What are the things that matter? What are the kinds of questions that we should be studying? Uh, How do we engage systematically with the field? I, I think it's something that hasn't been done. I mean, there was some attempt in the 90s in OSEP uh, but it was not at the scale that we're talking about here. So this notion of responsiveness is a very significant
0: one for me. And regarding this, this, this last issue of responsiveness, would, would you say that the report, in, in that way of finding what, what are the needs, what are the research needs, uh, is there inclusion of communities or, of, or it's mostly based on uh, uh, researchers and, and scholars?
1: No, it's it's broader. It includes practitioners, policymakers, and community. Uh, One of the the key requirements now also is that studies show uh, long-term systematic engagement with the the, uh, districts and the State Department of Education agencies beyond just um, drive-by approaches to collect data, to show that there is a sustained engagement with those communities. That will include not only the professionals but also the families and the people involved in those areas.
0: Hmm. What one thing that I also I, I notice about the report is that uh, that expand the use of outcomes. Uh, uh, IES usually has been very, uh, um, I would say, narrow in the way that defining academic outcomes and, and certain studies have been privileged in that sense. When when uh, evaluating the, the potential for funding. Uh can you speak a little bit about uh how how now the report is 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 help is, is pushing a different way to think about outcomes?
1: Yeah and keep in mind that the report in my reading was not entirely prescriptive to the level of detail that will define all of the nuances. Uh, I, I think the report is providing the shift in the arguments and the some in some cases the exemplars of, of this. Um, so one of the messages is to expand as you said the range of student outcome measures because that has been the primary concern so far. Um, that will include factors that are connected to structural issues, um, access to certain things that might be disadvantaging certain communities, particularly communities of color because of the poverty, because of health disparities. Um, because uh, access and funding uh, that vary across communities. Uh, attention to contextual factors. So for example, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of my own area of interest, racial disparities in special education. We have been obsessed in this area to examine mostly uh, within school variables and district variables uh, at the expense of looking at community factors. So my colleagues and I recently uh, produced a study showing how all of those factors are also connected to, for example, things like uh, history of race relations in the community and how a history of racial segregation might be shaping to some extent what's happening within school walls. Uh, And so that's the kind of attention to contextual factors that I'm hoping will be more uh, validated in future uh, 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 research. I think that uh, The very idea of educational equity, I think, has to be also operationalized. But I can imagine beyond student outcomes, and this is not necessarily something that was included in the report, but I will imagine will be included in that broader list of outcomes beyond test scores will be uh, school climate, measures of the professional community in the school, uh, systems of support for teacher development, uh, measures of uh, school leadership. Uh, measures of sense of belonging in a school. Mm. Um, attention to issues of physical spaces and materials. Um, extracurricular activities that might or might not be connected to traditions uh, in the community, the surrounding community, from a mm. cultural linguistic perspective. Um, you know, really pushing us to think that kids in having multiple worlds and mm-hmm. they're learning in very systematic and efficient ways outside of school, at home, in after school programs, on playgrounds, etc. So, um, and there are efforts at the national level, faculty and researchers broadening this discourse as well.
0: So I hear you I hear you talking much about the traditional uh, way that we think about outcomes, but I also hear you talking about issues of access. Uh, equity, in issues of access, access to resources, access to quality teachers, access to uh, certain environments that are conducive to learning, um, but also issues of, I think, issues of participation and sense of belonging, as as valid measures of uh, of, of research enterprises.
1: Right, and again, uh, this is my opinion mm-hmm. uh, of how it should be framed. Uh, I think that was the spirit of the report was to challenge the field to go beyond cognitive measures of learning as indexing
0: student test scores. Mm. So on a, on a kind of a personal note, but not so personal, because I think this is the experience of, of many uh, other researchers, not just myself, I personally have never seen myself uh, as someone who could be founded by IES because some of the issues that you were bringing um, due to the agency' narrow focus on academic outcome, causal methods... So what would you tell researchers like me about applying to IES in the future?
1: Well, I'm in the same tradition of research that you have been doing, Federico, for all these years. So I I kind of connect with that stance. Uh, We had a lot of discussions about this point over time with uh, other colleagues involved in this discussion. Um, What I will say is that I want to believe that IES has a commitment to continue to improve the production of knowledge in education. The fact that they commissioned a study from the National Academies of Sciences is a good indicator. Uh, I don't know exactly whether all the recommendations that are uh, in the report will be uh, engaged. Uh, There are indications that they are taking this uh, very seriously. there are interesting developments. I think the, the Senate Appropriation Committee already alluded to this report and communicated with IES asking for evidence about the timeline to engage with this uh, recommendation from the report and any major milestones that the IES will set to implement some of these recommendations. I don't know whether this is going to happen or not. This is information from last year, uh, but it was encouraging, for example, one of the recommendations was to increase the budget for IES Because compared to other scientific society, it was very much underfunded. Um, And that happened already. There has been an increment in the the budget for IES, which is great news. Um, So what I will say is that we should have uh, high expectations and hope that things are going to begin to uh, realign and become better, more inclusive, uh, embracing more expansive understandings of what counts as research. Uh, there was explicit language in the report about methodology and methodological diversity, including qualitative and mixed methods approaches. Um, so I think the context is right; it's right with opportunity, and I will encourage all of us to consider exploring this uh, as uh, changes become a reality.
0: Hmm. Let's 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 dream for a minute that all these changes become reality. Um, what do you think are going to be the implications of, of these new ways of funding for researchers focusing on equity issues for students with disabilities?
1: What would it mean, you said? Yeah. Um, well, if we think about some of these new parameters that we see embodied in this report, we're saying we're seeing a message that says you need to support research that is engaging idea uh, questions of equity. You need to pay attention to context. You need to pay attention to how practitioners make sense of research and how they juggle the demands of new interventions with whatever else is happening in their context. Um, you have to uh, be attentive to the needs of uh, educate students with disabilities through an, an equity lens. I will imagine that a lot of the questions related to access to Programs, but also how students of color, particularly, participate in special education, will be incredibly relevant and timely to us. Um, whether that's something, you know, the, one of the considerations that was mentioned in, in the report was to have uh, to be nimble, to have special uh, call for obligations or things that might be immediately urgent. For example, COVID. For example, questions of racial reckoning that we see. I mean, one of the first actions that President Biden took after being inaugurated was to release an executive order calling for attention to issues of equity and racial healing across all federal agencies. There was a major impetus for the report to bring equity to the forefront. I will imagine that then there will be attention to issues of human rights and special education needs. Uh, There was a great emphasis on issues of teacher education that have been somewhat underfunded in this first 20 years of uh, life in IES. So uh, attention will be to the preparation of teachers in special education and uh, effective practices uh, and more issues related to education workforce development in general. Um, Those are the kinds of things that in my mind will be critical. I mean, there's so many other areas that are critical as well, but I'm not sure if that's what you were getting at with the question.
0: Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out, I mean, now that if this gets implemented, if this recommendation is taken up, uh, how we make uh, gear the kind of research that we're doing in special education, right?
1: Right, well, a, a major area of development will be to expand on training methods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the trainings that we do on, on research methods paying attention to issues of equity, looking at contextual issues and going beyond uh, a narrow unit of analysis that account for structural issues and contextual issues, for example. We, we have very little in that area in terms of training opportunities for people with research methods. Yeah. I, I talk- with disabilities tend to be completely uh, neglected in many of these contexts. Uh, that doesn't mean that NICSER has not been doing this work, and they've done a lot of really good work. But there is a lot of opportunity for growth there.
0: Do you see this also as a catalyst for uh, uh, researchers that have different methodologies or, or have different uh, approaches to research come together uh, and and work together to to address these more complex issues or most this diversification of methods?
1: Well, I think one of the byproducts of the ideas containing the report will be precisely. Um, and revisiting of theoretical perspectives in the way we think about these problems. And that will include the composition of interdisciplinary teams. And so uh, I can can only imagine that it will be a natural outgrowth of these changes. Uh, Not everybody will do that, but it will compel many faculty, many investigators to think about disability in more complex ways, drawing from sociology and history, as well as psychology and medicine, Mm and finding ways to examine questions informed by epidemiological approaches and the work that has been done on health disparities, for example, and how that is connected to changing ideas about identity so that race and culture are not um, categorical variables, but we tend to get at the dynamic dimensions of those ideas. And you can only do that as to bring people who have expertise in those areas that have not been present in the past. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to make a call in the request for applications for those, but you can actually frame it in the way the problems are posed that will require certain kinds of expertise.
0: Hmm. And I imagine that has also tremendous imp- implications for the ways that we prepare doctoral students because right. we'll have to prepare them to to be able to understand and collaborate different perspectives and collaborate with others. And uh, can, can you, can you ex- expand on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, a a major barrier in this context is uh, oftentimes silos that we have in disciplines and departments in universities that may uh, be in the middle of developing meaningful relationships over time. Um, There is precedent, I think, across the board. If you look at certain competitions for postdoctoral fellowships, uh, you see attention to interdisciplinarity. The future of research is here and it's interdisciplinary. Uh, we see that. I mean, we see increasing attention to the organization of research programs around complex weekend problems that require interdisciplinary expertise. Uh, and we see funding strategies uh, align with that perspective. And so I can imagine um, doctor programs rethinking how they approach this. And for example, I'm I'm teaching a a seminar uh, at a center at Stanford. This is the Center for Comparative Studies in Race and Ethnicity. So the center provides support for doctoral students as long as they are uh, engaged with questions of race across all the disciplines. And we give a small number of fellowships every year. And the fellows are required to come to a seminar that I'm teaching. And we meet and the, the range of theoretical perspectives and methodologies that people from Theater, for example, this quarter, which has finished this week, I have students from theater and performance arts. I have students from sociology, from history, from anthropology, from education, from religious studies, from English, from um, modern languages and thoughts. And it was such an incredibly rich uh, experience to hear all these different perspectives and the lenses they bring that I thought this is the way we should be thinking about uh, training doctoral students.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, I noted in the report also that there is a big emphasis on being more transparent uh, on the way the, the, the review process goes through and the kinds of reviewers that are being attracted. Uh, what was your take on that? What, what did you take out of that? Well,
1: I think it's calling attention to um, some Difficult trends that we've seen in educational research and in science in general. You know, the the two interrelated problems that we have seen beyond IES in science in general, in many disciplines, I guess, I should say. One is that the lenses that we use and the questions we pose to generate knowledge tend to ignore issues of race, uh, inequality, linguistic inequalities, ethnic inequalities, gender inequalities, and so forth. And uh, for that reason... Knowledge, entire knowledge bases are built upon this idea that is perceived to be color-evasive and that ignores issues of power uh, and, and history. Uh, that's been documented in special education, psychology, and uh, other related areas, sociology. Uh, the second thing is the, the concerning absence of uh, faculty of color and underrepresented minorities in um, the research world. And so those two are intimately correlated. And I think part of the attention to the transparency is to build systems that would allow us to track those things. Um, I understand that some of the evidence available at the time, because this evidence was not necessarily collected systematically, or at least, I should say, was not on the public domain, um, didn't suggest that we uh, had a good representation across the board. So the recommendation is to report that. Who is applying? Who are the reviewers? Who is getting funded? As a way of tracking questions of equity over time, not to uh, say uh, to accuse, but instead to prevent and to be proactive about certain patterns in the way uh, research about funding is being uh, dispersed. Um, So that was a big part of of the the discussion that was uh, very much um, built around this question. That the idea was to also provide more evidence about the partnerships that researchers will have in the proposals that they were submitting to work with districts. I think I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. The idea is to show um, a more concrete, detailed plan of how they're going to be engaging with those uh, sites and those communities beyond just going there for the data collection and leaving after that um so
0: hmm yeah, yeah that was uh very informative um so you kind of speak a little bit about this but but i wonder i mean people that are very excited about this report or are very excited about the changes that makes generate what what kind of expectations can they have i mean then in the next two years the calls are going to be different uh uh, is this going to really have an impact? I mean, what kind of ex- ex- expectations should we have about the extent or impact of these recommendations?
1: Um, I think we all can benefit from staying connected with hope and optimism, especially in these difficult times. It's not going to just involve sitting and waiting for the best. I think there is a lot we can do as, as in the research community. One is to do what we're doing now, engage with the report, mm-hmm. asking questions, uh, following up and thinking what are the opportunities for entities like CEC to create training uh, programs for future research or current researchers that might be aligned with some of these ideas, uh, to think about um, policy analysis that will be informed by ideas of knowledge, mobilization and implementation and heterogeneity and so, in other words, begin to engage with these ideas and adopt them in ways that might begin to build the need and the evidence to continue to do it over time. Um, there are opportunities to engage with IES, and there are ways in which we can ask questions about timing of things, the timeline for things. Congress has requested IES to provide a timeline and uh, a plan for how they're going to engage. I'm sure that they are working on this, or maybe they really, it already happened. I'm not aware of it. But the most important part is us. How do we, people in research institutions, advance this discourse? And The more we write, the more we produce research studies. Advancing this vision of research, which is unprecedented, uh, I think the better off we're going to be because it's just going to create normative expectations and begin to shape a new generation of uh, folks engaging in this kind of work. Hmm. So
0: one of one of the things that I hear from you is that let's don't wait for this to happen. Let's start working on this from the from the ground up to to amount the evidence and to show the need and uh, uh, demand for this kind of funding.
1: Right, and there is a huge need for capacity building. Not everybody will know how to do it, so we need to start doing this to build on our own capacities to have the expertise and engage with the people that are already doing this that know how to do it. Mm. Um, So that will be part of it. You know, start to do it so that we can build the capacity and spread that kind of expertise.
0: Mm. So I think I have a couple of two last questions. One is that I I would like to go back to the issue of defining Mm. equity within this report. Uh, Because equity can be many things to many people, can be co-opted in different ways, defined in different ways. Uh, did you feel the report did some guidance on how to uh, approach uh, the concept of equity of, of what equity means in, in terms of education?
1: Well, that's a million-dollar question. I mean, we have been talking about this for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, what does it mean? Uh, I You know, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you, go to page X yeah, and yeah. find an definition. Uh, I think there were parameters and discussions, acknowledgement of the fact that equity has multiple meanings, that uh, has to be uh, concerned with um, access primarily, but there are also attention to issues of context, which in my uh, book will mean attention to participation. So um, I will have to spend time looking through the report to really find what is the Definition in the tradition of political philosophy that was used uh, to define educational equity. Do you have a sense from your reading of the...
0: Yeah, the well, report? to me, it was it was a little elusive. That's the reason I, I put the question there, uh, and I, right. I, and I probably I, I imagine it it was proportional. So, I mean, if you have twenty researchers or so in uh, trying to write this report, getting in accordance to what equity means, uh, I think it would be right. a, a pretty difficult task.
1: Right, and it's been such an elusive idea, um, unfortunately. That uh, that doesn't excuse, but there there is a a brief section at the beginning of the report, I believe, maybe introduction, where there is a, a small section on equity in education, and uh, the the report specifies specific data showing deep uh, inequities in the system that, in turn require us to really put equity as the center stage of uh, anything we do in education. Hmm. Um, Let's see, I think a lot of uh, attention was given to the treatment of underserved communities as a major arena of equity. So uh, it's not only about equitable treatment, but that was a major area of concern. Um, You know, what is just treatment Mm -hmm. of underserved communities? Well, you have to look at the history of treatment. You have to look at systemic issues and how they are contributing and perpetuating inequities. Mm. And um, so, I think those are the big parameters that uh, were uh, considered in this in, in thinking about equity. That I think are pretty comprehensive. Thank you. You know, is there anything
0: else that I didn't ask, and I should have asked you about this report?
1: Probably. Uh. (laughs) Um, I appreciate the opportunity. I am uh, excited that DR is engaging with this topic. Uh, I believe there was already a session with members of DR a few months ago about this report. And, um, you know, DR plays, as you know, um, really well, a significant role in um, research in the special education community. So I'm delighted that this discussion is taking place. And I just look forward to seeing the next generation of this research.
0: Well, I'm delighted that you accepted the interview and, and thank you very much for spending this time with us.
1: Thank you so much. Gracias.
0: Thanks for listening to our first episode of Dive In. If you like it, please subscribe to our podcast. We will be launching one episode a month. This episode was produced by me, Federico Vaitoler, by Tasia Gonzalez, and Haya abdel and the Diversity Committee of the Division of Research of the Council of exceptional Children. Stay tuned for our next episode.